Hi guys, welcome to the podcast, The Trailblazer's Journey. The place to be if you are curious about life and the world in which we live today and are passionate about personal growth and self-development. I'm your host, Simon Majid, well-being and transformational life coach, speaker and mental health advocate. Following the events after George Floyd's death in Minneapolis on May 25th, it has awakened the whole world up to this disease called racism, which is so present in our societies today. We now find ourselves speaking openly for the first time about something which has been hidden or not talked about for millennia. I feel that this is one of the most important discussions to be had of our time. So for today's episode... I have invited my good friend Ingrid Marsh, who has personally been fighting against racism for many years of her life. By bringing these issues up to the fore, there's a feeling of hope that change may be possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate and review. And if you have any feedback or comments, do share on our Trailblazers Journey page on Instagram. So my name is Ingrid Marsh. I'm a personal development coach, a female empowerment coach, but I go about it a really um, <laughs> unique way. I use a combination of neuroscience and spirituality. And of course, depending on who I'm working with and who I'm coaching and what have you, um, I'll go more the neuroscience, neuroscience route or I go more down the road of spirituality. Um, I move on, to be honest with you, I'm nervous of that word personal development because even when people say personal development, they think of goal setting and that kind of thing. And I still don't really see life like that. Um, my thing is I see all human beings as like a, it's like an iceberg, so to speak. They're an iceberg. And when you see a human being, you see the top of the iceberg. But if you look underneath the iceberg, and it's worth Googling the picture of an iceberg <laughs> if you've not seen one for a while. But there's a big, massive bulk underneath. And it's that bulk that really drives you. It's that bulk that keeps you strong. And it's that bulk that gives you really great resources to move through life. And I like to believe that's what I equip people with, is that bulk, that power, and that ability to be resilient in life, to then go out and achieve whatever goals or whatever the intentions you have. And I do that really primarily through three steps. So first of all, getting people to pause, press pause, step off the treadmill, get off the treadmill of life, <laughs> okay? Yeah. It's all too fast and you're being fed a whole load of nonsense, do you know what I mean? Press pause to elevate your consciousness. Do you know what I mean? So then now what you're doing is rising above the noise. And when you rise above the noise, you can really start seeing what's also awesome about yourself and what's awesome about the world. And then from there, I enable you to thrive. So I do this through a number of ways. I do this through uh, talks, through workshops, and even through aromatherapy candles. (laughs) And to encourage people to, you know, reconnect with nature. Because at the core... What we need to do, I believe, is to press pause and to slow down. So I also believe that I provide physical tools to enable you to do that also. Lovely, lovely. So Ingrid, first of all, I want to ask you, how are you personally feeling um, through what's been going on the past two weeks? And how have you taken care of yourself um, through this really challenging period? Wow, it, you know, it's only been two weeks. It feels like a life. Yeah, it's only been Yeah. That's a really um, great question, um, Seema. Have you been looking after yourself? Because I felt it was important for us to take care of ourselves yeah. through this. 
Yes. Um, and self-care was paramount. And it was really weird. When the George Floyd video first came out, I really consciously chose almost to look at it like a television screen. We've, we've both spoken about that. We're both yeah. empaths. And I can absorb things a yeah. lot. And I made a conscious decision that I was going to watch it and I was not going to let it absorb me. Yeah. Because I knew it would make me ill. Yes. And it was from a self-preservation um, yes. uh, side of things where I thought, I'm going to watch it. And I was horrified. You're still horrified. You're still angry. But it's not letting it get inside of my system. Yes. Um, so that was step one in taking care of myself because I wanted to remain objective and I wanted my actions thereafter to be positive. So, um, you know, so how do I take care of myself? Using very much my own tools, which I mentioned. So it was a lot of um, burning candles, spending even more time in nature, going into the woods, going into parks, running, reconnecting, and really just keeping my consciousness high and keeping my health high mm. and staying strong. Because we have to remember when shocking things like this happens, yeah. um, so it tears you down mentally, mentally spiritually, emotionally. But it's trauma. It's, it's trauma. Trauma. Yeah. And I want to be well, especially because I'm actually fighting an inequality case at the moment, which we may or may not touch on. But it's important to me to stay strong, which goes back to that iceberg. You know, we have to stay strong and keep moving forward. Yeah. So, you know, big old, you know, herbal tea drinking, lots of healthy eating, lots of plants eating, which, you know, we have to remember when we eat these plants, we're taking on their energy, we're taking on their, yes. you know, plants have facilities within themselves to heal themselves yes human those plants were also healing ourselves that's such a good point yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah i got i doubled down on the whole self-care thing absolutely brilliant amazing because i think last week when we spoke um you said something which really got into me you said i've been fighting this fight for such a long time and i'm tired and uh, I went away and that, as an empath again, I was like, oh no. <laughs> and I was like, no. I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you. <laughs> I felt sad. And then, so Ingrid, just explain a little bit, a bit more about what you've been doing and, you know, why, why you said that, basically. Yeah, and it's interesting that you picked up on that, that I, you picked up on my energy that I said I was tired and, um, and the fact that you picked up on it must have meant that I really shared with you um, my space or how I was feeling. You obviously were mm. able to pick that up in the airwaves or what have you. But, um, you know, I, I have fought, um, I'm, I'm currently on my third one, but I fought two inequality um, cases, two inequality situations. Racial. Racial um, yeah. inequality. Yes, because of course like, my work has always been primarily around gender. Yeah. But um, two racial inequality cases, and um, they tear you down. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, they tear you down. And um, one of the cases, which I hope you don't mind, I, I, if you don't mind, I share that with you. It's probably the ones that it's the one that broke me the most. Yes. And it was my son, um, my son Max, who's the most delightful child. He has a beautiful soul, a beautiful spirit, and. You know, growing up, I wanted to be a newsreader. When I was young, I wanted to be a newsreader. Yeah. And I never had the qualifications, um, the right qualifications to get in there. So because of that, I really dedicated my life to my son's education. And I felt yeah. that um, you were never going to be in that position, that mm -hmm. you can't 
get what you want. You can't go for what you want because you yes. don't have education. That's never going to happen to my son. Yes. So I really dedicated my life to my son's education, every penny, every dime. Um, and it was going incredibly well. Um, and, um, and then what happened was I, you know, the schools he went to, I invested in, you know, we've done a mixture of like private and state schools and I would, you know, eat bread and toast to give my son the, the right way, you know, the, or the yeah. best sort of thing. And I moved him into, um, this was a, the secondary school was a state school, but it was the top and the people who get in there, um, the top two streams, they, they get the same as the private school results. So it was great news for my son to be there. He'd left primary school with straight fives and he sats. Great kid. He was going to be in those top two streams where he was going to benefit from this superb level of education. My son starts the school um, with his white friend. He scores 555 in his stats, which is like the highest you can get. And his white friend scores 554. His white friend is in stream two. This is not to be confused with sets where you're, you're in different groups for different um, subjects. This is streams. You're in the same level for everything. Um, his white friends in 554, my son Max, um, is achieved, achieved 555, is placed in stream three. And um, in fact, I'm saying 555 is a house, high school go. Around that time, they were doing some um, tests around doing a level six in maths and English, I believe. And there was a black boy in Max's stream that achieved a level six in maths. Now, this was only achieved by 4% of the population. And he too was in stream three. In fact, there was no black boys in the top two streams. And um, you think this would be an easy thing to resolve, right? Well, he's yeah. off 555. <laughs> His mate scored 554. They've made a mistake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just get them swapped. <laughs> um, two years of fighting. Wow. Two years of fighting. And you just get swapped from pillar to post from different organizations saying it's not their problem, it's this problem you've got to fight. It was two years of war. And you know, whilst this happening, my son is getting sicker and sicker. He's in a noisy environment where the class, the people are kicking off. Um, and, you know, one might say, why, you know, what does it matter? But in this stream, um, when the downsides was, not only did they not teach Latin, but they also meant that they couldn't do the treble science. Right. Um, and there's, so those know the treble science versus the double um, science. The treble yeah. science is take it individually. Um, now that's fine. Double science is fine if that's where you're at. But when you're leaving school, straight fives in the sats, it's automatic. You're in a group where you do treble science. I mean, cut a long story short for the sake of the podcast and what have you. Um, so I was like, well, okay, and I'll get him taught privately the treble science. Can you give me the documents? The fi-? And they just wouldn't have it. Um, and in their Ofsted report, which I didn't realize until much later on, actually said that the black boys don't achieve their full potential. Now, based on the biases and the stereotypes that are out there, people will just think, well, yeah, because they're less smart, which is what a sister <laughs> said to me. Yeah. I was fighting it. Um, and what people didn't realize is that they're actually starting off by putting them in a stream that they will yeah. never reach their full potential. And in fact, I did actually, you know, the, the equality board said I did have a case um the school were you know trying to cover it up and cover up because i knew my stuff so much i could show them where they were trying to cover information up with those yeah. figures didn't match with this figure blah blah anyway a sister actually said to me you know come on ingrid you know we wouldn't have a case because we all know that black boys are less smart it's in the newspapers every day Ooh. i know so then i'm i'm now in a wall i'm trying to fight the solicitor firm and it's like oh, i'm losing the God. plot <laughs> yeah. anyway in the end i just took my son out mid-secondary um, put him into this private school, 
which is very inclusive, very wonderful. Another fight, I'm fighting with them at the moment because it worked out to pay three times more on my birthday. But another story for another day, but the battle still goes on. But anyway, in terms of the school itself, it was a very inclusive environment. It was absolutely wonderful. It was still a minority, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's still a white headmaster, but they have a different mindset there. They have an inclusive mindset. Yeah. Which is, I still believe in inclusion and not versus yes. white. But anyway, um, he did the treble science, what he would have been denied in the other group. And he achieved A star in physics and A star in chemistry and an A star in biology wow. amongst a, a string of other A's and A stars. Um, so that made me quite ill. So going back to your question, why did I say I was tired? There was that, there's an inequality case. I was fighting with the police and what have you, where I was abused by my doctor and the white women got justice, although it was in my medical notes. So when this came up, you know, and I've been fighting, you've probably heard from some of my own work about the gender and racial biases in artificial intelligence. Yes. So I've been fighting this fight <laughs> yes. for many years. Yes. When the whole um, George Floyd thing came up, you'd think I'd be like, whoa, like, yeah. there, like big one. No. And I had no strength. No, um, well, that's it. I think people are exhausted. They're just exhausted. exhausted. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, yeah. on, but this is it. This is what you've been waiting for. No, I, I don't think, like, I think that's why. Um, and we'll come back onto that. I think that's why in amidst a global pandemic, people have got up and they've, they're shouting, they're fighting because they're exhausted. They're sick of it. They are sick of it. Anyway, we'll come on to that. Yeah. Don't get me angry now. Okay. So talking about the um, George Floyd. So, so in my personal opinion, I think George Floyd's death has brought up uh, personal trauma for people from many backgrounds, not just the black community. And that's why I feel like the uprising has been so vigorous. Um, and I think it's basically a reminder, been a reminder of every time someone's been at the receiving end of racism and therefore people have had enough. What, what are your thoughts on this? Like, what, what do you think? Yeah, that's really um, interesting. And it's funny because I met another um, Asian lady once and I'm going to be put uh, you know share this with my own community so let them know that you're Asian too yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah you've had your own challenges and I remember she, her saying to me that she, I think she was working for one of the major corporations and um, there was no one above her that looked like her yes you know, and she felt because of that that was a real stumbling block that there was no one to pull her up and she, she was really emotional she was telling me she to me she goes you know my journey my story is different to your story and, and I hear that, is that there are still differences for the different races and what have you. But at the end of the day, we are still facing these, we're still facing discrimination, we're still facing racism, we're still facing these um, ceilings, <laughs> which yes. we can't get beyond. And, um, and yeah, I think what's happened is there's been, you know, the R word, as I call it, the racism word, has always been a swear word <laughs> up until yes. now. And we weren't allowed to use it. And the yes. two occasions when I used it with the doctor situation, and um, and with um, my son's school, it was just like, where have you got the courage to even say the word? And you're scared, you know, you're yeah. not using it like confidently. Even I had an article published about the racism in AI. You know, you're just like, will I work again? <laughs> you know, like, yes. The gender talks again, gender inequality. If I'm talking about racism, you're not allowed to talk about it. You know, it's a big old massive swear word like, what did you just say? You know, yeah. 
even though I was fighting my, with my son's school. It's that gaslighting, isn't it? Which we're going to talk about as well. We're it's like, about, yeah, yeah. We're about that. And even my kid's dad was like, was there not another word you could have used? Why do you have to go down the racism word? <laughs> and trust me, you're fighting every other way because you don't want to mention it either. But it feels like, you know, we can take that. It's like, I've said, I describe it like we've got a masking tape over our mouth and we can now take the tape off. Yeah. It was racism. Yes. <laughs> and that would apply for me. That would apply for you. That would apply for any, um, you know, race who have felt, you know, marginalized. Yes. Um, you know, there was a, my niece was telling me about a girl who she worked with who wants to wear hijab to work. You know, that's her yes. expression. And she never wore it. She would never wear her hijab to work. And my niece said to her, like, you know, wear your hijab. Do you know yes. what I mean? And she said that, you know, she always thanks her to this day. So it's, it's being allowed to, it's being heard. Yes. Ever. 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 Yeah. yeah. And actually, that's what I was going to say, because racism can be so subtle as well. And almost to the point, it can make you second guess yourself. And and then there's that issue of gaslighting when you do call someone out and they say, you're just being sensitive or you're just overreacting or, you know, how could you do, go there sort of thing. So how do you personally call someone out and then stand in your truth? You know, I've, there's many things I'm grateful for within myself. Um, there's things about myself, which I love. There's things which obviously I'm working on this, but there's parts of me that I love. And because I live my life inclusively and because um, of my views, despite of what I've been through, I do believe in, um, you know, black, white, Asian, Indian come together as one. Yeah. Um, so if I call it out, you know, if I recognize it, that that was racism, it, you know, it was racism. I'm not, I don't doubt myself yeah. in that regard. I'm fully aware of the issues that are out there, you know, within my work. Um, I do a lot of stuff not around growth mindset, but within unconscious bias yeah. um, training, and um, which we'll probably touch on. But um, I'm fully aware of the biases that exist out there, so I don't doubt myself. Um, good, yeah. Um, in that, this is what people would love me to do. But could it be that? Could it be that? It's like get out of my face. Do you know what I mean? There's a part of us that have to get. You know, there's a time I was calling myself the badass girl, as you know, and it's like we have to get badass about it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That's what it is. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I don't doubt myself. I appreciate, however, that sometimes it can be subtle. And I've certainly been in situations, not yeah. until four hours later, and I was just like, that was a bit racist, wasn't it? Or that yeah. was <laughs> yes. And I'm mad at myself because I thought, shit, I missed it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I get really cross with myself. But, you know, the reason we have to um, be confident is because, you know, I feel that one of the ways forward in workplaces, in schools and what have you, is for, for us to introduce positive discrimination. I really think it is the only way that you have to have um, a certain amount of, you know, blacks, Asians, women, uh, you know, people with disabilities and what have you. You have to have it because the biases are so strong. They're resonant. Yeah. They're massive brick walls. Like when I say brick wall, it's not thick enough. <laughs> you know? yeah. Walls, it's like trying to break them to like, to steal the crown jewels. So and people, the, the downside with that, people say, well, they'll say that they only, they only um, uh, recruited me because I, I was black. They recruited me because I was Asian. They recruit, and it's like, you know, you've got to tell people like, damn right, because your biases is so thick, you'd miss out on the awesomeness of who I am. Yeah. You'd miss me. I wouldn't get a job in there. And let's face it, you probably yeah. got it because you're a white male. I get out of my face. Do you know what I mean? 
So it needs that kind of confidence. Like, yes. damn you, this damn things exist. I'm not doubting myself. And because it exists, that's why you've had your employment. And you've got the benefit of my awesomeness and my voice. That's so we have to get really yeah. confident about it. Equally, equally, we have to be careful not to call this thing when it doesn't exist. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? I've had it before. I've spoken to, there's a mum I was speaking to once. I think their children had gone on a school trip and um there was a part of the um there was a precious part where you're not allowed in that part um yeah. he's not allowed to rotate right not allowed to. him and his friends decide to go in there he gets suspended he's getting in trouble and she says oh it's racism it's not racism oh uh, no yeah 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 get that me cross because when i'm fighting proper causes like what happened with my son with the you know the doctor with the police and all the rest of it you know it just dilutes it do you yes. know what I mean? so you're asking yourself that you ask the question was if it was a white person, would that person still have been in trouble? Yes, they would have done. Yes, 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 yes. If they would have been treated, if it had nothing to do with their race, gender, age, what have you, then we can't call it and say, yes, it's because I was a woman, it's because I was educated. No, no, no. That would just dilute the cause. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yes. But it's if I was, you know, what happened with my son in that school, if, if he was white, Yes. He would have been put in the top stream. Well, it was. <laughs> well, a white, uh, a white boy was. A white boy was. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it's about, you know, let's not dilute the cause. Do you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, we are, it's like being free. We've been set yeah. free. No, no, you're right. We're allowed right. to talk about it. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's about time. So, okay. So, I also feel strongly that all non-black communities um, have a part to play when it comes to the oppression of the black community and uh, I say this because I remember having a conversation with a black friend years ago and we were talking about how as Muslim as a Muslim woman my parents would react if I was to take a white guy home which is racist too <laughs> but then my friend commented she's black that it would be even worse if he was black and we both ended up laughing we just fell about laughing like it was no big deal. And I've actually even met black men who would agree with this, that are fully aware that if an Asian girl took a black man home, it would be so taboo and stigma. And I, I never really thought about it until now, which shows my own ignorance. So what, what are your views on that? Well, Sarah, first of all, I must thank you. You know, I just <laughs> love you. You're so brave. You're so honest. You're so, it would have been so easy for you throughout this interview to say like, oh no, this is, you know, white people against black people. No. For you to acknowledge your own biases. Biases. In your own, could happen within your own culture. I just think that's truly awesome. So thank you, my darling. It's only <laughs> yourself that we really are going to bring about a change yeah you know we're all you know everyone's been in i call it a programming do you know what i mean yes and no one has escaped that programming my darling yes. do you know what i mean and you know really if you bring it all down to the core but it's all a load of utter nonsense do you know it what i mean is. It's like, it really is <laughs> quite ridiculous it's just so you know every day when I'm dealing with someone I'm dealing with the essence of who they are they yes. so happen to be a woman they so happen yes. to be black they so happen to be Asian they so happen but the essence of who they are comes first yes what was brought in you know a zillion years ago was a hierarchy do you yes. know what I mean? and a belief system and they say that you know um white is higher than black Asian is better here short is better than uh, horn is better than short blonde is better than dark and it's a programming, do you yes. know? What I mean? And no one has been excused from that program. No. And in the end, you start believing it. Mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? 
And the really sad thing about without this, being being aware though, you're believing it without even being aware. Unconscious, which is why in my work, you know, people think, well, how about you know, if I'm in, empowering someone for them to be more confident? How the hell does that include unconscious bias training? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's all interrelated because we are unconscious to this labeling. We are unconscious to this programming and so unconscious that we now believe it to be true. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is that they then become self-fulfilling prophecies. Research yeah. shows that if you tell a person that they are less than, that they are below or that they're superior and they're higher, that they start. So you tell a group, for example, that they're superior and they're higher. It's not they're superior and higher. They've been made to believe they are. Yes. And they're not doing the things that superior and higher people do. Or Manifests, yeah. Do. Do yeah. You, know I mean? you tell people that they're low and that they're down there, they start acting lowly and doing the lowly things. Because yes. this is And the really tragic thing about these situations, and this is where stereotyping comes in and all the rest of it, is that if you then dare to step out of that um, program, of that stereotype, you're deemed a sellout. Yeah. So I've seen it in, you know. Or who do you think you are? Which is what I would get a lot. Yes. You know, even with my son, when I was. You think you're high and mighty. You think you're you're better than us. You know, even that thing with my son, I'd have people of my own race, you know, like, you know, who do you think you are? You know, academic pressure. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, for, for, for daring to step out. Or you'd have, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday and it's like, um, I mean, it's such a big old topic and probably talk for another day. But if you then, say for example, like a, a black person may then go to like, you know, the higher, um, look to study in some of the higher places, it's like, oh, then they'll, be, they'll become a sellout. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? If you then try to progress out, yeah, you can be there within a social socioeconomic group, you can be knocked for it. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. believe that you're something that you're not. Yes. And there's a, a really great, you know, psychology, I just think is a subject that everyone should learn, understanding yeah. how the mind works and understanding how we could be programmed into believing a certain thing. There's a really great, um, a psycho- two great psychology tests, if, I, if we've got time to mention them. There was one where um, it, was, it was all white people, uh, but different color eyes, you may have seen it. And the teacher said to them, oh, did you know that the children, if you're born with blue eyes, you're more superior to the children with brown eyes to people with brown eyes all of a sudden the children with blue eyes started acting more superior Mm. and the children with brown eyes started acting more lowly yeah and then she said a few days later sorry I made a mistake it's the brown eyes children who are more superior and more than the than the blue eyes children and it's like suddenly the brown eyed children started feeling really empowered it's like I'm the superior race yes they started talking very lowly to those of the um, blue eyes, and they started acting inferior and acting downwards and what have you. Yes. These messages are very deep. Yes. There was one where they did it with mice. You know, they told these scientists that the fast mice were the slow mice, the slow mice were the fast mice. And based on how the scientists treated the mice, by how they held them, by how they hold them, the slow mice actually run the race. So this programming stuff is very deep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And even with the Asian population, they're told that they're better at maths. Yeah. But because that's so, you know, stereotyping can actually work in a positive light. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and so they're told they're good at maths. So um, the belief system is there. They do the things that makes them good at maths. Yeah. <laughs> 
They're writing for four more hours <laughs> than everyone else. They're in an environment where everyone is now good at maths because they had that same belief. Yeah. But they're applying many more hours to it that have made them good at maths. So it's all ridiculous. You know, another great resource is quite looking at is um, Growth Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. And it's the, it's, it's the sheer number of hours that you apply to something. Yeah. Repetition over and over again. This is why AI is taking over the world because AI don't have our biases. And it's a sheer, this is how the machines are learning. Mm. And, but we don't have that base. Oh, we believe it was down to your race or down to your gender. Yeah. No, 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 no. You applied more hours than anybody else. Yes. You learned from your mistakes. You had better strategies. You had a better belief system. Yes. But this belief system has been ingrained in society, ingrained in people, and they end up believing it and becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And we cannot outdo our minds. Right? Yeah. I what the beginning of your question was. <laughs> it was about um, Asians. Asians. That's right. So, yeah. that's, that's, so going back to that, is that, you know, in, they are guilty um, or have been, not say guilty, this is a, a terrible word, but they too have bought into the lie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And this is what people say to me at the end of the day, you know, what do I, where do I get my confidence from? Because I've never believed the lies. It's ridiculous. Yes. So, and, and it's a shame, really, because we're missing out on so much by not yeah. being inclusive. We're missing out on yeah. so much because it's an utter load of nonsense. Yes. <laughs> no, you're right. So they are, right. they've been caught there's out. There's so much beauty when you open your mind up. There's so much beauty. There's so much color. There's so much spice to it all. Do you know what I mean? I love my life because yeah. we're mixing all groups. Yes. All sexualities, all groups, all religions, all, and each one of those groups, I learn so much more, which makes my world and my richer. life. So, oh, it's richer. Listen, you're going to meet, you'll never meet someone more joyful. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because it's rich and I yeah. don't have limitations and yeah. those biases in my mind. Yes. So, um, that's what happens with you guys too. <laughs> no, absolutely. So um, Ingrid, having black friends or a black partner mm-hmm. does not make you anti-racist because I've experienced. So here in the UK, you can have friends from minorities and know nothing about them because as minorities we've had to blend into the majority and therefore hide a huge part of ourselves um and so personally i at the moment i have white friends they don't know how to move forward they've never really thought about this um and so if they want to move forward if they want to do the work how do you go about it it's really you know that's oh you're so on point, Sam. I love you more than you know. <laughs> Honestly, you're so on point. <coughs> so I had this conversation with a Ghanaian friend the other day, my friend Charles. And he was talking about that, you know, like at work. He said if he was back in Ghana, he'd be, you know, a lot more vibrant, a lot more loud, a lot more fun, jokes, what have you. And in his workplace, he feels he has to contain all of that. And yeah. contain himself and not be his authentic self. And, um, and then um, equally to that, he said that um, there was also the mention that his um, um, employer had actually said to him, asked him, look, we know that all this is happening in the press at the moment or what have you. Um, you know, I just want to touch base for you to see how you are, see how you're feeling, blah, blah. And it's really difficult because he said that when he was speaking to her, he could hear how nervous she was. He could feel how nervous she was. Yeah. So like, not knowing the right terminologies to use. And do I use black? Do I use brown? Do I use... Yeah. 
that she was in turmoil, you know, yeah. really trying to do the right thing. Did you know what I mean? Yes. Trying to do the good thing. So there's two points in my answer there that um, uh, in that, yeah, not being able to be your authentic self and, you know, but it, it's more, it's, it's harder, obviously, if you're from a different race or culture because you're in an environment where you're potentially the minority and these people, the, the white people, for example, may well be more comfortable because they're in a, a group where people look like they do. Yeah. Um, so my first thing is that, certainly when I go into an environment, any environment I go in, you're going to get Ingrid. Do you know what I mean? Uh, wherever I go, there's no changing, there's no holding back of who I am, um, any environment I go in. But I realise now that that's quite a gift or a skill that I've acquired that I'm not, I will not change who I am in the environment. Yeah. And I realise now, you can say to someone, just be yourself, but after years of programming telling you that, you know, you are not the standard, because it's always yes. been so white is the standard. So therefore you have to act like um, the white people do. Yes. Be accepted. Um, so to be your authentic self, to be his Ghanaian self, whatever that looks like. And there's not a, you know, let's be careful we don't fall into a stereotype here because his personality may have been conducive with um, the environment that he was in. So it's not like yes. black or acting white, acting Asian, that's a stereotype. Um, so being your authentic self uh, or being in an environment where you're allowed to be your authentic self is truly beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, but then you'd also meet white people in that regard where they're still holding back apart themselves, not true yes. and gays, what have you, not been able to come out at work. Um, so being part of your authentic self at work is incredibly important. Um, and that's white people moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, my niece had the same situation at her workplace. Um, she was approached, you know, since this whole thing, comes, so not how you feel, one chat you're getting on. And, um, and she said, you know, it wasn't easy, you know, cause it's still not easy. Do you know what I mean? It's not like this George Floyd's happening now. It's just like, yeah, yeah, we can speak freely. But she worded her response back. She sent the response she sent back. And she's the only black person on her team. And she worded the most beautiful letter, email back to her um, superior, or her boss, what have you, you know, really acknowledging that, thanking her for acknowledging that there, there has been traumas and pains and what have you. And she composed the most beautiful letter back. Like I said, my other friend, he decided that he didn't want to upset her anymore. And he actually decided to say, oh, no, no, I'm fine. There's no problem. Okay. <laughs> Okay so, so, okay, so, okay, my question is, if you're an individual, so forget, like, work situation. Yeah. Say, like, you have a friend now who reaches out to you and they say, I just don't know what, how to move forward. What, what work can they do individually to, to move forward? So the thing is, what, what the world needs to do, to do um, and what they need to do, we need to slow down our thinking. And my fear is when we coronavirus is completely lifted, lifted we go back into that noisy workplace, yeah. into that noisy world, and we lose our consciousness again. Yeah. Um, with everything, my, my big first thing is you've got to press pause. And you now have to really start questioning all your belief systems. Yeah. And ask yourself, actually, was that a stereotype? Is that really true? We live in a them and us world. Oh, they think this. Black people think this. Is that all black people? What percentage of black people? What black people do you know? Really? Have you ever met that type of black people? Have you met that? Because we, there's something what we call an unconscious bias, something that we call confirmation bias, you see. And it's whatever you believe to be true, <laughs> your mind will only see more of that. It will discount anything that actually makes that wrong <laughs> yes, you know yes, I mean? yes 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 it's to be aware of that that you're that on a minute by minute basis um you are being fed like on the in the internet in our shops and what have you 
we are being fed the same old biases, the same old stereotypes, the same old lies. It's been punched, it's been fired at you, you know, every minute of the day. Yes. It's become conscious of that. It's like, hold on a minute, pause. In fact, I started a, um, a program around this once and I called it um, uh, Stop, Think, Reconsider. <laughs> yes. So it's, um, it's a stop, stop that thought, reconsider it. Is that really the case? Is that a bias? Yes. Was that discrimination? Was that, is that really true? And reconsider. Let me reconsider my action, reconsider my thought, reconsider that step I was going to take. Yeah. So it's like a three-step process. It's always pause comes first. Pausing is the, is the, the saviour to life. <laughs> so it's pause, um, uh, think. So uh, pause, what did I say? Pause, um, reconsider, think, yeah. pause, think, reconsider. Yeah. So think about, was that a bias? Um, is there another way I can look at this? And it's really just open up mind. Because we're looking at, the, I think is there's something that we're receiving something like 10 zillion pieces of information I'll get the exact figures coming at us at any one minute, but we can only absorb, say, 20 zillion. If there's 50 billion come to it at any given second. So it's like asking yourself, okay, what have I missed? Do you know what I mean? Knowing that I've only taken in, you know, 5% of what information is really out there. How can I open up my decision? How can I open up my view and see it from a broader perspective and think, actually, I might have this wrong. Yes. The confidence and the courage to actually do something about that decision. Can I ask you another question? What if you've lived a life where you've actually never been exposed to brown and black people? Yeah, I hear you. I remember I had a friend recently, actually, a white friend. She goes, Ingrid, you're the first black friend I've ever had. <laughs> and, um, and that's possible. Do you know what I mean? It's possible. No, it's more than possible. I, know personally, I personally know people. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we have to remember from an unconscious level, we do gravitate to people who look like we do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So number one, it's not beat yourself up. Do you know what I mean? Is that unconsciously we're looking for people, which is why it's always important to have, which is why positive discrimination is important. And we have people that look like a variety of people at the board level, um, on the panel and all the rest of it. Um, so we do gravitate. That, that doesn't mean that the person who looks like you do is certainly going to have your views. Do you know what I mean? We, at the end of the day, we are dealing with individual people. That person yeah. looks like you may still be an asshole. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so white person might be someone who's absolutely fantastic or yeah. vice versa. Um, so it's to remember that um, it's, it's to look outside. You know, there's it's, the difference with black people, I find, is that people will just say black people. Yeah. In the white environment, and maybe in the Asian environment, you have to tell me that, it's that it's broken up. It's like working class, middle class, upper class. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And um, so you have those groups, whereas we just get called black people. Do you know what I mean? But within black people, there are different groups. <laughs> you know, there are different economic groups. So you would really find, you know, you won't be hard pushed if you make that effort to find a black person who has your views, who shares your value system. Do you know what yes. I mean? Um, many of my white friends who I have, they're not any old white friends. We share the same value. We have yeah. the same value yeah. system. Yes. So it's really to pause, slow down, look beyond the color, look beyond, yeah. the, look beyond the race, look beyond the disability. A, a great man taught me once, he was the... Um, there's an ex-boyfriend of mine, the ex-prime minister's son of Jamaica. And he said, you know, Ingrid, you never know where your next message is coming from. Do you, mm. know what I mean? you never know who's going to have that message to, to, to just utterly change your life. And that's not going to be based on the color of someone's skin. Do you know no. what I mean? No. Life experiences, what they know. The lessons I have had, my greatest lessons in life, have come from a variety of different races. Yes. 
So it's to realize that number one, you're missing out. You yes. Like I said, my life is that's, that's so true. You are missing out. Missing out. Listen, I, I, one of the reasons why I love Brixton, it's changing a bit now. It's going more one way, but before it was, um, as you see it now. Gentrified. Yeah, gentrified. Um, I lost the word there for a second. Thank you. And before it was gentrified, it was a very inclusive place. People yeah, first I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I used to go. Yeah. Right. So we were Brixtonites. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I had yeah, a bistro yeah. in Brixton and there was every race, every color, every, yeah. every religion under one roof. Yeah. Brixtonites. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And, um, and I remember being at the cash point one day and there was some incident that happened on a, a bicycle, what have you. And it was the white lady who was next to me said, welcome to Brixton. And off she popped. <laughs> kind yeah. of but it was inclusive and it was the most richest place. The school that my son went to, you know, I remember one of the, um, the white mums there actually said to me like, and this was a private school that he was in. And she was like, well, I don't want to send my son to an all white school. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So for some people, you know, equality is at the core. Yeah. Brixton has the attitude though, doesn't it? Cause I, yeah. Yeah. I, I've noticed that, like... It was wicked. And I don't, yeah. I don't want to use that vibe, do you know what I mean? We digress, but yeah, yeah. Brixton. Yeah, it's just a vibe. And it's yeah. Just, and I think to myself, all you people who are living in your little pockets, you are missing out. But it's becoming harder and harder, my darling. That's why we have to make conscious efforts to do it, because we live in ecosystems through the algorithms. Do you yes. know what I mean? Um, Facebook and all the rest of it, they just send us more of what we believe to be true. Yes. You know I mean? They send us the same old stuff, the same old people, the same old faces, and not allowing us to step outside of what we know. Yeah. No, but unless you question, unless you naturally question. Unless you're naturally questioning. Yeah, unless you're curious, unless, yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. there are people who are curious. There are people who... There are. Yeah, there are people who don't, you know, they want equality, um, but at its core, like I said, you are missing out my done. So it's to like, you know, it's to do one, because it's hard if you've grown up knowing one thing and seeing one thing. It's very hard to step outside of your comfort zone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I know many white people have found this. Um, some have found it easier than others. Yeah. To express themselves, how to share their annoyance, how to, you know, go about this. Let's do it a little bit at a time. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. can start and that's one of the reasons why I talk about my son's school a lot, um, besides the payment aspect. And uh, <laughs> but, uh, it was a very inclusive environment. You know, this is a private school. They serve yeah. jerk chicken and rice and peas. They serve pillow rice. They serve jollof rice. They serve Chinese food. They serve Asian food. There was yeah. inclusive pictures on the walls. Do you know what I mean? And you've never met a set of wholesome, awesome, beautiful human beings in your life i tell you it just makes them richer it makes them or it was just an amazing environment it is yeah. possible it's truly possible yes but your life will be richer for it amazing amazing and I, I i mean this is a whole other conversation for another day but i think that comes from conscious leadership as well so but that's that's so another consciousness consciousness yeah, consciousness yeah yeah conscious leaders that's what we need so um i want to talk about diversity and wellness because this is what brought me and you together actually wasn't it because last year we were at a big event a well-being event in london both of us were in the audience of a panel discussion where all four panelists were white women and we both raised the issue of the lack of di diversity and wellness um, and actually, it was this that actually pushed me to create my Trials, Trailblazers Journey event that I have in Derby, um, because I was so sick of, um, you know, the lack of 
uh, inclusion and diversity. And so I wanted to create my own space that would showcase all communities, and it has. But I just feel like um, it's such a shame that a huge city like London is still yet so behind in many ways. And, and you know, and this is where I want to touch on capitalism because this is where capitalism comes into play because marketing to or showcasing minorities comes at the expense of generating cash. Um, so what, what, what do you think the future is there? Because I, I've reached out numerous, on numerous occasions. I feel like I'm hitting my head against a brick wall. So... Yeah, that's um, I hear you. I hear the frustration, and and like I said, was it when we were when we were at that diversity and wellness event? Was it a year, two years ago? No, it wasn't a diversity and wellness. No, it wasn't diversity. <laughs> it was the diversity in the world. <laughs> yeah, it was a wellness event. Yeah, um, it was a wellness event, and like I said, it was all white women on the panel. How long ago was that? That was a year, a year one and a half years ago. It's it was last day. It's recent. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it was the beginning of last year. Yeah. yeah. What happened with my son's school? He's only just joined um, a university. He's only just started uni. Yeah. <laughs> In September. This is these are current. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Current. And you're right. And I think for a start, you know, it comes back to consciousness again. We have to be fully aware of how our minds are influenced by the media. Do you mm. know what I mean? And you know, the fact that we're not shown in a diverse way in wellness is, is, is crucial. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. Because then we feel, once again, because there's no one who looks like we do um, in that environment, we think it's not for us. You know, I used to go skiing a lot. And I've had um, white friends say to me, and black friends say to me, well, that's for white people. Because the marketing that's out there yes. would um, denote it as a white sport. Um, there were actually two large black skiing groups um, out there who do phenomenally well. The trips always get booked up, but irrelevant for that, they're, they're not in the press, are they? Yes, so the people yes. that's a white sport. People are not looking so well. I've got two arms and I've got two legs, and I have a mind, or have you? And even if you don't have two arms and two legs, there are people about those things who are flying themselves down slopes. And yes. there's a, a wonderful thing that comes from being out there in the open air and flying down. It has nothing to do with race, yes. but it just goes to show how many people. You know, I had someone say to me once when it comes to yoga. Or, um, or that's for white people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if you look at the huge benefits that he, yoga brings to your mind, body, and spirit. So when I hear things like this, it causes me great distress. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, a lot of it is to do with brand and marketing. They, they've. I mean, I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. Do you know what I mean? Was it? Is it? Um, was a conscious decision that you market this um, as to, to white middle classes, mm-hmm. and therefore the white middle classes. Um, now feel that's a part of their identity and then you know the people who don't come from those races don't see it as their identity they end up not doing it and not benefiting from it so once again it takes consciousness to actually look at that and say well that's utter nonsense I don't see myself that I don't see my someone who looks like me doing that but it doesn't mean that I can't do it but then it takes huge confidence doesn't it to then walk into an environment of white middle classes and be that person who doesn't look like them and be confident enough to walk into that environment. It's not just that though, because I feel like, yeah, you can have the confidence, but you can't still bring your whole self. No, no, you're totally right. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. That's my personal issue is the fact that, yes, I've got the confidence to go. Yeah. I still feel like a misfit because I can't bring my whole self there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, many people, they have to then conform and fit in. Yeah, then you have to fit in. You know, it's a tragic situation, Han. It's a tragic situation. I mean, I think about that with um, farmers' markets. Do you know what I mean? Once again, it's mm. targeted at the white middle classes. You know, they don't really show pictures of Asian people, black people in there doing that shopping. Yeah. Yet they're 
you know, this was how we were eating back home. Yeah, 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 yeah. organic food. And suddenly yes. it's here and it's been made into a white middle class thing to do. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it takes until um, that time comes where, the, like I said, it takes money, it takes marketing, but it also takes that belief system in the first place for you to be mm. able to look at that and know that it's nonsense. It's, you know, because people... So, yeah. I was going to say, so maybe it goes back to conscious leadership. So maybe when we, we, because one thing, so I was at the, uh, at the protest, I was going to say riots. I was at the protest on Saturday in uh, yes. Parliament Square. And what was really beautiful to see was that most of the protesters were young people. And actually I felt like one of the oldest. And yeah. I actually found that really lovely because I thought these actually, these guys are the future. And as if these guys are, are getting up on a Saturday and coming to a protest, well, we've got hope then. And I guess that's what it's going to take. It's going to take maybe the next generation. Yeah, well, I've always said that, um, um, Seema. So I, I've been, you know, um, uh, like this, <laughs> an activist, whatever you want to call it, for as long as I can remember. I've never fitted in with the norm. I was, I was yeah. questioned. Um, and I say norm, quote unquote, it never rested with me. Nothing yeah. that they put out there. I didn't understand that based on, my, based on the color of my skin, that I'm supposed to act or be a certain way or believe a certain thing. I never believed that based on my gender, I was supposed to act or behave or see the world. So I've always questioned these things. Yes. And so, you know, like I'm in my 50s, I'm 52. Um, and in my environment, it was, for me, it was a bit more accepting of these rules. So, you know, growing up, I was always um, looked at or certainly felt like, you know, the, the odd one out. But, you know, kind of enjoyed it, but was certainly getting abused for it as well. And so I've always spoken about these things and would just get, you know, even spiritually beaten up for it. <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. And then one day, um, just by chance, I, I, I went to, to a talk at Google campus. It was to see Diane Abbott at the time, but there was a sign there about Google mums and dads. Anyway, I then immersed myself into this whole new arena this whole new world and started going on workshops there and course and what have you and then I realized that suddenly here I became someone do you know what I mean whereas before the environment I came from I was being abused or attacked or I wasn't liked and here they were just like whoa like this is marvelous do you know what I mean and yeah. I suddenly that my audience were half my age do you know what I yes. mean and it's like I was saying all the things that they were gravitating to and that they loved and that they wanted and all what was awful about me and my own, you know, growing up here, I was just like, you know, like a queen. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It was magnificent. And they were more open, do you know what I mean? And yeah, there were still like sort of gender issues and what have you. And I speak to someone the other day who was cross to think that she works for startup. There's not inequality issues. And I said to her, look, you have to understand this is better. It's much better than what it was. And so, you know, here I was meeting women, you know, big shout out to Georgia Hazel, a white lady who was all over um, inclusion, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember thinking to him, like, you should be out there doing talks on like <laughs> unconscious bias and racial discrimination. She was on it, she was over it. And the difference, I remember I've always said, the change is gonna come for the millennials. It's not gonna come from the, you know, the dinosaur lot, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna come for the millennials. And like you said, I was at that march too, and I realized, you know, I was one of the, elder, one of the oldest ones there. There's a lot of young people. But it just, it confirmed what I believe to be true, true, is that the change is going to come from you guys. Yeah. And the difference is... I love that. Yeah. 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 And the difference is, um, I think, Seema, is that um, for change to happen, you can do all the marketing, you can do all the talking, you can do all that shite all day long. 
but it has to be a part of your value system. Yes. This has to be something that you truly, that you believe. You believe it really viscerally, like really from a deep level. In your core. Like I yes. said, like I said Max in the private school, there was a white woman there. there was a, in this particular private school, there was a lot of um, children of color there. Um, a lot of black children, what have you, in this private school. And, you know, she was picking that school for that reason, that it was diverse. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And actually, what's interesting, you can actually feel it. You know, when people believe you feel it, it. You feel it. I've said to people all the time, I, but that could be because we're empaths, um, Sam, I don't know. But I can walk into an environment. I can put, when I, you know, really that son when my, the school and my son got discriminated against, I wasn't conscious then because I was just looking at their scores, blah, 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 blah. But the environment sucked. Yeah. Mm, I put my son into. Yes, yes, yes. It's in the air. Mm. It's in the air. You feel it. The children are beautiful. You know, you go in there, you know, I drive a little clappy car. Do you know what I mean? No one gives a hoot. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? And it's a private school. They don't give a hoot. You sit on the pictures of the walls. It is a part of their... DNA. It's, it's a part of their DNA. It's yeah. a part of what they um, believe in. They believe in equality. The school yeah. was built on that basis. Do you know what I mean? The um, owner, John Whitkid, wanted to bring an equal opportunity to all. So hand out all these bursaries to make sure that everyone had an equal, equal opportunity. It was built on equality. Yes. So it's in everywhere. So I meet people like the Georgia Hose of the world and all the rest of it. And it's a part of their system. They believe in it. Yeah. And when you believe in it, um, um, same here, you see the nonsense. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Rise above it. Yeah. And you have to remember that. What we, I mean, what I saw, I went to the march on Sunday. Yeah. And honestly, like I said, we're talking about coronavirus and all that. I was thinking, look, I'll die for this cause. Do you yes. Know what I mean? Die for it. You have no idea of the path that I have walked. Do you know what I mean? And I was seeing white people holding placards saying Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> this is happening in it was beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. Second time of my son was the best day of my life. I could not believe what I was seeing. Yeah. And then for the first time in my life, um, same, and honestly, if I speak that now, my hair stands on then, I thought a change is truly possible. Yes. And if I'm going to be honest with you, all I know about unconscious bias training, this, that, and the other, I thought it ain't going to happen in my lifetime. Do you know what I mean? But I thought to myself, this is where we talk about capitalism and all the rest of it. This is where me feel that maybe there's something bigger, more powerful than that. But we have to remember something, saying that with something beautiful, ugly is always going to try and intervene. Yes. And the march this Saturday that they've got some, you know, racist groups come along now to make trouble. Because whenever something's beautiful like that, they've got to make it ugly. Yeah. With something it. Like that. No, there's it. people, yeah, there's people operating on that low vibration. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they just love that shit. Yeah. So that is the plan going future. I just hope that we still elevate our consciousness enough. Yeah. That don't react that we don't yeah. fight that we keep it peaceful yeah and we keep love because that's yeah. what i saw on sunday yeah. and i feel so emotional about it it was just love lovely wasn't it Nothing yeah. Shit. yeah it was gorgeous yeah 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 right we're gonna end it here this is a good place to end it right ingrid how can people find out more about you oh sorry for this <laughs> to get in touch with me uh, there's my website which is um ingridmarsh.com and uh, that's my main website but yeah of course i'm on i'm all about soulful living <laughs> yes so instagram is um soulful living with ingrid Lovely. Thank you so much, Ingrid. 
so much. Thank you so much, Star. Love you to bits. Oh, more, more you. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate and review. And to keep up to date with all of our latest news, follow our page, The Trailblazers Journey on Instagram. Until next time.